so uh, right now she's talking about Eduardo, which is Pastor Francesco's son. And this time he brought all of the worship team that he used to work with to the conference in Panama. And Pastor Kim had to talk to them about how you need to become a worshiper first. You need to pray to God. You need to pray in preparation for worship, not just work on your technical details. And uh, the friends that um, Eduardo brought to the conference also were very flustered because they thought they only had to lead worship and didn't need to be a part of worship. And so at first, they had difficulty uh, accepting that fact that they have to come and, and be a part of this worship. And Eduardo also talked to them saying, guys, we need to, we need to do what Pastor Kim says. We need to become worshipers. And we're very thankful to see the change uh, in, in Eduardo's uh, attitude towards his father's ministry because for a couple of years now, he was kind of absent in his father's church and he was helping other churches and working in the world. So Michaela, the, the daughter, had to do all the work and have, and, and have all the burden of, of uh, her, her father's ministry on her shoulders. And there was another, another uh, worship leader, worship leader that received a lot of grace during the previous conference in Costa Rica. And this time he was leading worship and he was, he was leading worship with all his strength and all of his might. And, and he also said that he wants to come to be trained in Korea with Eduardo. So that is what the, what the Lord has been doing upon the kids and especially upon the next generation in Latin America. And we're so thankful to, to have these kids overseas. And it's not easy to match and, and uh, play the instruments for Pastor Kim and for worship. But they all were able to do so while receiving, uh, while, while working within the anointing that God is, God is pouring upon them right now. So now we have to receive this revival for ourselves as well. You have to, you have to wait in anticipation for the, for the revival of the Lord to come upon the conference in July. And the revival has already started. So all we have to do is open up our hearts to receive it. <clears throat> and now the, the, the kingdom of the Lord has been restored through these conferences. And of course, during every conference, we have experienced the kingdom of the Lord coming upon it. But this time, it was, it was even greater than before. And a lot of people have been revolutionized in, in their beings. <clears throat> because it is the first time they have, received, they have received and listened to a sermon like the sermon of our church. And through the sermon, they were able to see their identity in the Lord and see themselves for who they are. And the biggest key word that God has given to everybody during the conference was, was faith. And faith is something that we are all very familiar with, but not, not a lot of us know how to live according to the faith that God has given to us. And a lot of people say, oh yeah, I believe in God, but, but uh, in parentheses, they would say, but how come God doesn't do this for me? How come these miracles don't happen to me? And that means you're not, you are not living by faith. You are not utilizing the faith that God has given to you. And this is especially important for the senior citizens of this church. There's a difference between believing and knowing. But many of us hold on to what we know. 
But the spirit of religion, they, they make us focus on belief rather than faith. And the spirit of religion also causes us to focus on what we know, the, the knowledge that we have received, the data that we can, we can comprehend. And in the end, you only respond and agree with the things that you can understand, and you throw away everything else that you don't believe in. To have faith means that you fully received the message of the Lord that is being proclaimed. And you, didn't, you don't nitpick the little details, but rather you receive it as a full. And it comes into your heart and comes into your spirit. And rather than coming into your mind and, in your, and into your, your, um, your, your thoughts. It does not mean, uh, faith does not mean to, to look at the main text that has been decided for, uh, that Pastor Kim has decided to preach in the conference and say, oh, I have already received this message, so I don't need to listen to it anymore. Why is he preaching from this book? So if that is you, then you have to check yourselves to see what is wrong with your, what, what is wrong with your faith at the moment. What is the issues that are causing you to, to become uh, so religious? Every day we have to experience miracles. Every day we have to see the Lord working in our lives. But if, if those miracles and those events are not happening each and every day, then you have to evaluate your faith. And sometimes we only focus on, or rather, we only believe in, believe in the works of the enemy because we can see it for our own eyes, because it is tangible. Somebody getting hurt, somebody getting into a car accident, somebody getting sick. So rather than seeing and believing in the work of the Lord, we only see the, 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 the attacks of the enemy. And this is one of the inspirations that came out during the prophetic intercession. Hope, which is the next key word. Hope is something that we don't really talk about much in the church. What is hope? And, we only, uh, and when we go to these over, overseas conferences, we're only meeting the people for three or maybe four days. So how can we transfer hope upon them in such a short period of, short period of, of time? But when we talked about, uh, especially to the, to the next generation, to the kids, we talked about hope to them. We talked about what God wants to do through them. And I could see their eyes widening. I, I, we could see their fi- uh, faces lighting up, being lit up. When, when they finally see that God, when they finally believe that God is going to work through them, that God has not given up on them. And Pastor Kim promised them that if you come here, then we will give you a place to stay, we will give you food to eat, we will give you clothes to wear, and we will give you the best training program for you to be used by the Lord. And many of us will say, oh, why is our father uh, making these promises, even though there's nothing to back them up? But these uh, Hispanic kids, most of them were our pastor's kids, but they have experienced a lot of... Uh, Divorces. 
There, were, there was one person, one, one uh, man that came and introduced himself to us and he had four kids with him and all four of the kids came from a different mother. And because of these divisions, because of the, these uh, traumatic experiences, a lot of the kids struggle with loneliness and isolation. And many of the kids, when we talk to them about their parents, they will say, they will say that their parents are going to a different church or, or that their, their, their parents are not in the picture at all because they have just left them and abandoned them. So starting from a, a, a little age, a young age, the kids have to fend for themselves. They have to defend themselves and support and take care of themselves. And the reason why I'm talking about the attacks and the, and the experiences of these Hispanic kids is because you probably are experiencing the same spiritual attacks that are coming from the enemy. So I am helping you realize that these thoughts do not belong to you, but come from the enemy. case of Panama, the kids over there were not used to receiving love and, and support and care from another, from another person because, because they, have felt, they have experienced so many hurts and so many traumatic experiences within their own families, within their own churches. And even as a nation itself, their, their, their resources and their things are constantly being taken away by other nations. And so it is the first time that they have listened to somebody uh, like Pastor Kim preaching the word of the Lord say, uh, and speaking to them saying, I will give to you, I will care for you, I will pour my love upon you, and we will take full responsibility for you. So that's why the kids lit up when they talked about hope. And, and when, uh, after the conference, when we were saying our goodbyes and greeting one another, all of the kids came to us and said, I I'm going to go to Korea, I want to go to Korea. Because up until now, they had no hope of leaving their, their places, no hope of leaving their homes. But after hearing somebody saying, I will take responsibility for you, they were, they were filled with hope and filled with thankfulness. So not only did we impart upon them the hope of heaven, we also, we also give, gave them another, another, another hope for a future. And our kids, if you want to, we can send you to these nations as well as an exchange program. Next is passion. Today, our worship session was very passionate. And it's been a while since we have, we have been so passionate for the Lord in, in our worship time. And, uh, and, and when we uh, do these conferences in Latin America, we do, we don't even need to tell the people to dance because as soon as we start worship, we went to a church of, of only around 20 people. And then as soon as worship starts, one person will come out. And this person will come out with, with their eyes closed. And they will start to dance and do some sort of choreography according to the, according to the song that is being lifted. And 
hand, another person will be following the, dan the, the dancer behind with a basket or something to, 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 uh, to, um, to support that person when that person falls over because we don't know when that person is going to fall over. So while looking at that, I feel very bad for them because that, that basket carrier is not able to fully devote themselves to worship because of their, of their task of uh, uh, caring for the dancer. And there's a, uh, there's a pastor named Alan that came here before. But during prison worship, he would cover cover his head with, with some sort of cloth and and his characteristic is that he doesn't care about uh, the judgment of others during worship. He just dances to the Lord. He just praises God to, to his own to, according to his own desires. And sometimes he would just lay flat on the ground and start to cry to the Lord and enjoy his presence. And then later he would just stand up and start to dance again. So during the praise and worship time, we need to empty the whole front of the, 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 the sanctuary because, because people start to dance. People need, need space to move around. But the thing that I felt uh, while looking at these people um, offering their worship to the Lord was, if, uh, if I was God, I would be really pleased and I'll be really happy to see my, my children, my people, dancing and praising me with, with all of their passions. between the worship here and the worship over there, especially in attitudes. We, we in, in, in our church, when we want to even, even when we want to stand up during worship or we want to dance by ourselves, we, we are afraid of the judgment of others. We're afraid that we're going to cover up the, 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 uh, the sight, the sight line of the people behind us when we stand up. And all those things, we calculate too many, too many things within our minds. And these are all attacks, actually. It is the enemy speaking in your ears, hindering you from, from being passionate for your God. So that's why we need to interchange our ears now. We, have to, we must no longer listen to the voices of the enemies, but, start to work, but we must focus on the inspirations of the Lord. So cut off your ears. Cut off everything that is, that is not right and that is false in the eyes of the Lord. But anyways, during this worship, these people, the, the Hispanic people, were very passionate for the Lord. But sometimes we asked him, if you pour all your energy during, during the praise session, then are, do you have any energy left to listen to the sermon? They said, no, we have more than enough energy to serve in the Lord. So many of you ask us, how can we open up our spirits to the Lord? Oh, this is one of the ways you can do so, is to pour all your might and strengthen your passion into praising the Lord. And even with the Hispanic people over there, even while listening to the message, they are passionate. They do not stay put. Whenever God, whenever pastor can proclaim something, they will say, yeah, that's right. Because they're just filled with joy. And they write down everything as well during, during uh, sermon, the sermon time. 
and their passion for the Lord is also is great. But we could also sense the passion of the Lord regarding the uh, his his people in Latin America. And right now, the work of the Lord is accelerating. It is reaching a very fast pace, but it's even moving faster in uh, the U.S. During the LA LA conference, they seem like a bunch of uh, very ignorant people who are uneducated, who do not have good jobs and all that. And we were brought to these community churches. And somebody told us to, to come over here <laughs> and the, 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 the guide that we had that was supposed to guide other, us to these community churches had a hard time finding the church actually because he said let's go to the third floor but it wasn't on the third floor he said let's go to the fourth floor it wasn't on the fourth floor and this, this person even though he was living in, a, in the US he didn't speak a single word in English so at first, we were very hesitant about, about this conference. But Pastor Kim, when he started to preach from the book of Ephesians, the, the people were able to receive the message without, without, being, without being concerned about their, their situations, their churches, their own lives. Because if they were concerned about their lives and about their churches, then they, could have, they, would, uh, they wouldn't have been able to receive the book of Ephesians. But no, as soon as, when, even if their situation does not seem like it allows this message, they, just received this, they were able to receive it regardless because of their desires, because of their passion for the Lord. And the pastors, the leaders of these churches also received a lot of grace. And in the first day, Pastor Kim told him that you need to you need to serve and you need to serve this church with anointing. And, and starting from the second day, they, I, we could see that they started to, 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 to utilize the anointing of the Lord. And the, the, the pastor's wives started to um, uh, speak proclamations and prophecies. And the pastors, their leadership was also built up. The next key word is speed. During this conference, Pastor Kim talked, uh, kept, talking, kept talking about this white horse, this white steed. And this spoil of war, spoil of war, spoils of war was also uh, was first spoken by Pastor Kim during the Indonesia conference. And this white speed, white steed, will allow us to be faster than the enemy. We will no longer be behind the, the words of the enemy, but we will go. We would accelerate forward and and overtake the enemy. And now, rather than following the timetable that has been set by the enemy, we will be following the timetable that has been, that had been set by the Lord. And right now, we need to be fast with the Lord also because He is moving very quickly to raise up His remnants and His warriors around the world. 
So do not think about the past. Throw away the old wine. Throw away the old oil. Because now we have to speed up and follow the Lord quickly. And that's why I'm very excited for the youth camp. And I know that you guys will be transformed and be revolutionized. Paul was able to turn the whole church of Thessalonica upside down within three within three weeks. But we know that because the, uh, and since uh, the Lord's speed has changed to become faster, I know that you guys will be turned upside down in three days. And we also need to be excited for and anticipate for the conference in July. The next word is unification. First, first of all, we need to be unified with the triune, triune God. And the pastor Kim talked about how the word of the Lord has been given into us. It is within us during the sermon. And one person actually came to Sergio afterwards and said, how, how, how is the message within us? It is written in the Bible, in this physical in their physical material. And we have to explain how God has already put this message within our spirits. And when you're receiving a message, it is when you're listening to the sermons of Pastor Kim, the message that has been given within your heart is going to come in interaction with the message that has been proclaimed. And that person also lit up because he understands that that he finally understood that the message of the Lord is living within him. And also during the conference, we were met with a lot of complications and a lot of issues in in in. Uh, in, during the preparation of these conferences but we said okay it's fine we'll just pray for it and everything that we prayed for it was done exactly uh, as so so it, even when these uh, problems may come up it doesn't matter because all we have to do is pray by faith and, and ask for the Lord to change it according to his will kids memorize these Spanish songs and rap, even rap before them. And all, all of these things, all these elements at, built, uh, added together to form this unification that happened during, during the conference in Panama. Now since we are unified, and our kids and the kids over there have been uh, have unif- been unified in this conference. So uh, while looking at that, I was very I was filled with thankfulness. I was filled with with gratitude towards the Lord. Because before our relationship, our relationship really felt like Romeo and Juliet. There were so many things that were coming between our relationship. see why we have not uh, 
Okay. So the reason why we won't be we weren't unified before was because unification is supposed to happen up, uh, upon the next generation, the next generation of leaders. But most of the pastors' kids, while while living under their parents, they have grown up. Seeing how difficult ministry is, and so none of them wanted to be pastors. None of them, none of them want to be leaders of the next generation. That's why we weren't able to be unified. But in this conference, we could see how God was working through Pastor Kim. How God was working through our prayers. And up until now, during the during the uh, Latin America conferences, there was a lot of grace that came from from the the message, from the sermon, from the word of the Lord being unraveled. But this time, it kind of felt like God was just peeking His head into the conference itself, and that He was just showing His face to His children and saying, "Don't worry about it. I will be in the forefront. I will be your vanguard. So all we have to do is follow after me." And in, in, in our eschatology, we know that in, this, in the second half of the three-year, uh, the seven-year period, we're going to be ministering while seeing the face of Jesus coming towards us physically. And I, I felt like that, that, that was the sign that God has given to us in this conference, that Jesus was showing himself to us. Up until now, it was it was us seeing to the Lord, saying, "Lord, would you come? Would you show yourself to us? We want to see you." But now it, is, it feels like it felt like Jesus was saying, "I'm here. I'm Rafa. I'm Elohim. I'm your God." And when Pastor Kim said, all those who are sick, please come to the front, around 50 people came to the front to line up. But all these people were healed through one, one ministry. And most of them don't even know the message of the Lord well. All of them, none of them really understand what, what the, the, the system of the Spirit is. But nonetheless, spiritual gifts were opened. They were able to see visions. They saw prophecies and all that through worship. But up, up until now, their churches, uh, there, there were no spiritual gifts. There were no miracles. There were no revelations that, that, that was, were present within their churches up until now. And that's why their worship sessions only lasted 45 minutes because there's nothing else to do. But now, through these conferences, through the work of the Lord, that has been turned upside down. Next is uh, the separation of Babylon. And I was wondering how God is going to separate us from Babylon. But we can see that slowly and little by little, God is creating a, a division between us and, and Babylon. And recently, our kids made a song that talks, that has, contains a lyric that talks about the separa- separation from Babylon. And during the conference in Panama, there's a canal over there. 
and a lot of these big ships have to go through that canal while holding tons of, of containers on top of it. And within those containers, there so, there's, there's a lot of resources, a lot of things, of products that is going to be shipped across the world. And every time these, these cargo ships have to go through the canal, they have to, they have to give a lot of money to the, the government or to Panama to use this, this uh, water transit. And even though they, they, they uh, say only positive things about their canal system, you know, how, how it supports the government and how it's used for good, it's used for shipping these, good, uh, these cargoes and products across the world. But if there's a war, if a war is to break out, then that water, that waterway is going to be used to 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 uh, to move battleships. And what's more, that is that this system is being used by the enemy to spread spread. Um, spread unbelief and spread uh, Babylonian standards across the world. But, uh, but that, that deception and that unbelief is also present within the church. And that is, that we can tell how much we have been deceived by the enemy when we start to move because as we gather our, 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 our things in our apartments, we realize how, much things we have, how many things we have brought that we don't even use just because we were tricked by, by these, by these uh, shopping websites. And our, on our way to the U.S., we were waiting for the immigration. We were, we were waiting in line for the immigration. While we were waiting in line, God gave us, God gave me inspirations saying that do not be mixed, do not receive things from Babylon, do not receive things from this land. And there was, during the conference, there was a man that came to the conference sitting in the back row around, which, who was around my age. And he dyed his hair blue. Not just his hair, but even his, his uh, beard, his mustache and beard were, were also dyed blue. And as soon as I saw him, I was like, what's his case? But my son Yongguang looked at him and said, and said, is he a homosexual? But he said, how can, I said, how can you tell? But he said, look at his bracelet. It's, it, was a, a, it was a rainbow design. And that's how he could tell that he was homosexual. But this man is, is, is an, a, a crazy man because he was wearing a backpack. But that backpack was a was a child's backpack. He's around my age, I think. But he was using a child's backpack, 
And do you know what color it was? It was pink. So, so I thought, this, this man is crazy. He's insane. Oh, and it felt like I was walking in Sodom and Gomorrah. And I kind of reminded myself that I'm here to minister. I should not be mixed. And, that's, that's, and I sent many messages to our prophetic intercession saying and telling them about, uh, of the current situation and how we need to pray for this conference. And even, I was very shook by the presence of that man. But my, my, my daughters were like, it's, it's not that big of a deal. You know, that person may be here because God wants to do something. But then we turned around and then we saw these two, two men kissing one another. And even though we have gone to the U.S. a, couple time, uh, a few times, several times now, it was the first time we have seen something like this. And also we heard some gunshots in the night. And they asked what we wanted to do when, when, um, when the conference is over. And we said, let's just go to the shopping mall. It seems like a safe place to be. And uh, I think in the, through the conference in LA, God has really showed us how we have to separate, our, how, how we need to be separated from Babylon by showing us the, the, the nakedness of Babylon. And through this experience, I was, just, I was reminded of uh, the remnant training that our kids went on. Because the reason why we sent them to Europe and the reason why they visited all these countries was because they have to see for themselves what Babylon is. No matter how much we tell them Babylon is dangerous within this, this closed bubble, they won't understand the dangers of it. They have to see it for their own eyes and experience what it, what, how, how dirty and how filthy Babylon is. And even living in this neighborhood and seeing our neighbors, we can say that they are a good person uh, or that person is, is, is ethical and rational and stuff like that. But now we have to see how, how different our lives are because we are believers and they are not. The more we see uh, what Babylon is, the more we need to be repulsed by it. So we need to pray to God saying, Lord, would you pour your anointing upon us? This is not something that we need to, 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 to put in effort to do. Through the, the, if we see the glory of the Lord, if we, see his anoint, uh, if we receive His anointing, then we will naturally be, make, uh, help ourselves to, to be separated from Babylon. The next is a church that can engage in spiritual warfare. This is something also we have talked about very mu- a lot during the conference. And even before going to the conference, I spoke with my, my kids. My, my, first, uh, my daughter, Sarah, as you know, has gone through a lot of things in this family. And so she has a lot of hurts and, and scars regarding her, her parents and also the Lord. So I told her, so I told her, you have to remember, you have to make sure that the reason why you have the skin disease is not because of the Lord, it is because of the attacks of the enemy. So do not blame the Lord for this sickness. And, and if you engage in spiritual warfare, you will be able to overcome, you will be able to overcome these issues and, these, and the sickness that you are experiencing. 
but the same kind of uh, misconception was also is also within a lot of the kids in 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 Panama. And when we engage in spiritual warfare, we're supposed to fight against the enemy because the enemy is, is who has been giving us all of these difficulties, all of these harshness. But they trick us into thinking that God is the one that did not give us the good things. And, and our aggression will, will only build up towards the Lord rather than towards the enemy. And the Hispanic kids, they have to go. They 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 have to go through all these experiences that came, and these hardships that came from witches, that came from their 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 voodoo, voodoo shamans. But that is also present in Korea as well. We have a lot of diverse spirits and and false gods in our nation as well. And the reason why we're hurt, the reason why we have experienced these these, these hardships, is because we have not fought against them. So when we, we, when we pray, we have to engage in spiritual warfare against the enemy that has caused these difficulties. Rather than, uh, rather than blaming the Lord for our situations. If, 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 uh, if, if that was what we needed to do, then, then our God would be nothing, else, nothing more than the idols of the other religions. Because even because people who believe in these idols, they beg to their idols for, for a, a better life. So what would be the difference between us and them then? So every little problem that is present within your life right now, you need to fight against the enemy to take care of that issue. If you are not smart, if you're having difficulty uh, catching up with everybody else in school, then you need to fight against the enemy that has taken away your wisdom. Do not take anything other than excellence. Take back all the excellence. Take back all the talents that God has given to you. First, uh, when we were preparing for this conference, we were afraid about talking about the great prostitute in Latin America because they are heavily influenced by the Catholic Church and the Catholic beliefs. And so, when we talk about how the how uh, how the great prostitute, well, how Catholicism is is the work of the great prostitute, and we were afraid that people won't be able to receive that message. But they actually very welcomed that that statement. Because these churches have experienced the 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 the, the, the oh, they have experienced all the the bad things that these Catholic churches have done to them. They have seen and experienced it for themselves, and that's why they don't have a good, a positive attitude towards uh, the Catholic Church. Don't move away. Don't move away. Yeah, you're okay.
people, it's a good thing that they were able to receive uh, the, the statement that the, the Catholic Church is a great prostitute. So that means they are able to receive the good things of the Lord very well, but also because of the work of the, the Antichrist and the great prostitute, they are also very susceptible to evil. So that's why we are, we are, we are touching and ministering the, the Hispanic people right now, because they can be both on the side of the Lord and, and on the side of the enemy very easily. And now we are working very, uh, we are working a lot in there in these countries because we are working according to the timetable of the Lord. God wants to raise them up first, so that they can become, um, they can uh, they can be on on the right side with the Lord. And during the conference, God is made me realize that He has been waiting for. His people to stand up in Latin America for the past four, for six thousand years. And he has been waiting in anticipation to raise up his ultimate and last army that he is going to use in the end times to fight against uh, the, the forces of the great prostitute and antichrist. No, even uh, during during track and field, during track and field, you have to put your best and fastest runner in at the very last post, so that when the other when the other kids finish, the last runner can can uh, can overtake all of the other runners that are that are running before him. That's where you put the best players in in, in the last place. And likewise, God has prepared and God has saved His best warriors, His spiritual warriors, for the end times. And that is the, the, the kids of the Ensib, and that is the young adults of this church, and the remnants around the world. Now, our young adults have risen, and also our next generation in Ensib has risen as well. So, we, we have all received the spoils of war that are written here. And through the conference in Panama, I received a lot of comfort and encouragement. And every time we go over there, they say, would you, would you hold more and more conferences for us? Because, because they don't have to pay for these conferences. They don't, they, all they have to do is come here, be fed, be, be, uh, be given good rooms to sleep in, and just receive grace during the conference. But in, during the conference in Panama, I really I was able to see how the, 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 the pastors in Panama had a different attitude towards our ministry. And the pastors, the pastors over here were so passionate to, to wait for us to make a decision to, to hold more conferences over there and to even start MB classes over there as well. And that, this, is, this is why God is sending us all the way across the world so often 
to hold his conferences because it is, it is his, his, his interest and his focus right now to raise up these leaders. And during the conference, uh, a sister in China contacted us. And this sister is the sister of a famous singer in China who, was, who also performed before, before the, the, the president of China. And she was actually in America at the time, so she contacted us and came to the last day of the LA conference. And she came to the conference and she was very passionate about this, about this worship. She, she kept saying amen to every statement that Pastor Kim, met, uh, Pastor Kim said. And apparently this sister was in, came to this church before, during, during a time when there was not a lot of people in this church. But I, I don't really have a lot of memories regarding her. But when I saw her, I was just filled with joy because I felt the Lord saying to me, look, this is the fruit that you are bearing. The fruit, the, the, the seeds that you have planted many, many years ago are finally starting to sprout fruits and bear fruits in this ministry. also came to the LA conference and she brought so, so many foods and so many side dishes that our fridge in our rooms were filled up. And we were afraid that we won't be able to finish all the food that is there, but in the end we were able to. And everywhere we go right now, we can experience how, how, how um, we are seeing and experiencing how the seeds that we have planted many years ago are, are finally bearing fruit for us to see. I think this is the season God, that God wants us to harvest and see the fruits that we have bared from the seeds that we have uh, spread so many years ago. So let's move on. So now the nuclear reactor of the gospel is operating. Do you remember the words of Gal- Galatians? So I'm not exactly sure how a reactor operates, but when the reactor of the gospel is is churning, the kingdom of the Lord is working upon us. So without the kingdom of the Lord, the reactor of the gospel cannot work. And when when this nuclear reactor of the gospel is not present within the church, the church cannot be uh, cannot be a part of the kingdom of God. But when that, when that reactor is installed in the, in the church, then, then that church can be regarded as the kingdom of the Lord. So there are nine keywords in Galatians, and, and let's look at that. The first is the... T- so let's look at the things that are the opposite of the nuclear reactor of the gospel. The first thing is the teachings of man. So rather than teaching the, the message of the Lord, people are teaching 
teaching the things, the things of men. over there when we visited their churches we saw them just this just screaming on top of their lungs during during worship and we wondered why are they doing that it's because there's no strength there's no power in the message that they're proclaiming because it did not it is not a revelation that God's given to them and so they have to perform for the people but how to overcome them is the first keyword which is revelations the second false thing is uh, false gospel in the church And this false gospel is the gospel of the Lord that has been compromised by, by humanism, by religion. And to restore that, you need to receive the, the, the true gospel from God. The next negative thing is the spirit of religion. The spirit of religion has been acting like the Holy Spirit within the church. It has mimicked the things of the the Holy Spirit. But to overcome the fall to the, the spirit of religion, we need to receive the Holy the true Holy Spirit. The next thing is self uh, your own strength. And for in for us, in order for us to receive strength from God, we need to let go and give up our own strength and surrender ourselves fully to God. Only when we are at the end of our wits and we give up everything that's when start that's when God can start to work within us but when we say Lord I can do this I can, I can I can do this for myself I can do it according to my own experiences then then that is actually that is something that is very different from faith but many of us mistake this for faith Our true faith does not come from our own strength, does not come from our own uh, possibilities. So to, so to overcome, overcome this, we need to receive true uh, faith from the Lord. Next is righteousness. We need to receive righteousness to take away all injustice in the church. The next is the consequences of actions or compensation rather. So uh, when, we, when we do something, we need to receive compensation for that, for that, for that work. But no, everything that we do come, is the, done according to the grace of the Lord. So we shouldn't expect something. The next is the, the law and the old covenant. If you do not have the joy that comes from, from God's fulfillment of His promises to us, then you're holding on to the Old Covenant. You're holding on to the old laws of, of the, the Old Testament. But now God has already fulfilled and overcome uh, the, the issue of death for us. So whatever we do, we are able to live with God in, 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 in His eternity. We have, we have no relationship to death. We have no relationship to the old covenant anymore. So that means we can hold on to the promise of God. Are you holding on to the promises of God? I can see that some of you are, are getting tired. Some of uh, if you fall asleep, then that means you're going to be, you're going to drown in the Red Sea. So 
stay alert and stay awake to fully cross the Red Sea during this worship. And there's a term uh, used in Galatians that talk uh, uh, skillful people, talented people. And many of us strive to become skillful. But no, God says, not only will I, will I make you skillful and talented, I'm going I'm to make you my heir. You're going to receive my inheritance that I have prepared for you. In Romans, it says that we have become equal heirs with, along with Jesus Christ. We have become equals to Jesus Christ, which is written in, in the Bible. So the key word to overcome this, this negativity is uh, being an heir. And the next is the, the, the bondage of, of, uh, of slavery. And this morning when I was praying, uh, I was worried about Pastor Kim's order for us to dance during praise session, during the praise session. And the reason why we cannot dance and fully express ourselves to the Lord is because we, we worry about the judgment of others. And Pastor Kim himself danced during this worship session because he's dancing before the Lord. We do not dance, we do not pray, we do not live in this church because of the, the, the judgment of others. We, we do all these things because we are doing it before the before the Lord and not before others. So you need to stop and divide, uh, separate yourself from the spirit of religion. God has given us freedom. God has liberated us. So do not care and think about the judgment of others and fully express your freedom to, to God and to others. And let's applaud the Lord for, for giving us this ultimate victory. I have listened to the book of Galatians and I have listened to it recently during this conference but I, we all easily we easily forget uh, the, the revelations that are written in Galatians and I'm telling you to memorize these things but I wish that this would be inscribed inscripted within you faith, righteousness, grace air, freedom, promise revelations, gospel and the Holy Spirit all these things have been given to you and the nuclear reactor of the gospel is operating within you as well. Next. These are, I guess, the quotes of Pastor Kim. And this is the message that he spoke of on the last day of the conference. He spoke these things to the pastors. So let's all, let's all uh, talk, uh, speak the proclamations through the church. God has called me. This calling is important. So do not have another job. Do not have a side job. Do, do you wish? Uh, do not be tricked by the enemy, thinking you need to need to need to earn money for yourself and for your churches. If if the God that you're God, serving is the true God, then He's going to take responsibility and take care of His servants. This is the faith that God has given to us. And if you're doing the work of the Lord, then God is going to give you all the things that are necessary for you to ma manage that, that work. 
And God, ha- God has poured His dominion, dominion over His church. And so the church cannot be moved by people. And the reason why the church is corrupted is because they have not believed in the Lord, but believed in their works instead. And when you fully believe in the Lord that is in control of your church, then the work that you're able to do, do through that faith is, is, very, is greater than the work that you can do for yourself or by yourself in the church. And you can see that, that coming true during these conferences. There was a young girl who couldn't walk for 12 years because her ankle was born very weak and with a lot of issues. But because she had faith and because Pastor Kim had faith, she was healed in that one instance. So ultimately, everything that we do, everything that happens in the church is done through the Lord, done through our faith. Many people are tricked into thinking that you need to work because you believe in God. You need to work and work and work yourselves out because you are a servant of the Lord. And you tell others that you are a righteous person because of the work that you have done for, for God. But that's, not, but that's not right. When you fully believe in the Lord, and in this conference and through these experiences, I realized how little I knew of the Lord. And realize how little I, I knew of the name of, of Jesus Christ because because when we first come to church, we're we, why do we come to church? We come to church because we want to evade hell. And when you come to church, what what do they tell you to do? They say, "I'll read the Bible well. You have to pray a certain amount of time." And then you need to keep yourself busy with the work of the Lord to, 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 to keep your salvation. Mm. So everything that you do, every action that you take is to, to keep yourself on the right, on the, on the good side, trying to evade going, trying to uh, keep yourself from going to hell. So it's like, it's like, um, Pastor Kim said, How, why is it that you guys do not understand the text that is written in the Bible? Is it, are these just words to you? Why, how come they do not become a living, living, uh, the, uh, living work for you? And within my heart, I, of course, I didn't say, them, say this to them directly, but I said, all, of, all the rest of us are very busy. We are, just, we are just church members. You understand all these things in the Bible because you are a, uh, you are a chosen being that has become a pastor. Well, that is the deception that has spread across the churches of the Lord. People, lose, people do not have interest in the Bible. People do not inter- have interest in the Lord anymore. They are just busy, busy trying to please the, the Lord so that they can not go to hell, so that they can go to heaven. 
Last week, Pastor John preached from the book of Hebrews. And when we were reading the main text, I was shocked because a confession came out from within me saying, Lord, I, do not, I don't think I know your name. I, think, I do not think that I know you very much. Because up until now, I have been tricked by the spirit of deception, uh, spirit of religion. The spirit of religion has been saying, "You have to do this. You have to do that." And in the end, I'm just trying to be, be to, to please the Lord through my actions. And because I'm trying, I'm doing all these things to try to please the Lord. I'm very busy, and I have no time to pray. I have no time to read the Bible. I have no time to do things that are actually uh, things that God is pleased of. And I keep making up excuses, saying, Lord, I'm busy, I'm busy, I can't, I don't have time to do all this. But Pastor Kim said, think, think about it this way. Think about the Lord as your, 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 your girlfriend or your boyfriend. When you're in a relationship, a loving relationship, would you say, I cannot, I cannot, have a, I go, I cannot go on a date with you because I'm busy? That doesn't make sense, right? If you love that person, you will make time to go and meet that person. And that's the same thing with the, with the that is the same thing with your relationship with the Lord. If you truly love the Lord, if you truly think of him of him as your everything, then you would leave everything and put him as your your, your priority. So being busy is not an excuse for you to not pray, for you to not read the message of the Lord and encounter Him every day. Recently, our, our, our innocent kids have been memorizing the Bible very well. They're, very, they're still young, and so they can easily memorize these messages. And so I'm very thankful seeing how God has, 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 is, is training and raising up the next generation. But on the other hand, I'm also, I, I also feel very guilty of not, not having interest in the Lord up until now. Because right now, when I try to memorize the Bible, I'm not as fast as them. As, I'm not as fast as them, and I cannot memorize it as much detail as these children anymore. And even in, in our jobs, we need to have a close relationship with the boss and we need to understand who the boss is in order to, to give the right, to bring the right offers, to, to, to request for the right things from him. But when we don't know the boss that well, then the, 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 our requests and our offers will only be little and, and the scale won't be that great. And that's the same thing when it comes to the Lord as well. We need to have, we need to have an intimate and close relationship with the Lord so that we can, we can pray and request things from God and, and work even uh, in, in, in a greater scale. scale. Yeah. 
And sometimes when I look at Pastor Kim, I, I worry for him because he, he does not use the internet that much. He would go through the whole Bible to find a single verse that he's looking for, even though you can just type it in Google and, and in three seconds you can find that verse, exactly where that verse is. But, I, but then I would see how God is working through him to, through these conferences. And I realized that faith is a lie. Faith is actually something that, is, that, is, that exists. And there was a proclamation that Pastor Kim, Kim made during the conference. And, and uh, uh, the, the, my spirit just said, oh, that statement was a, was, has become a, a, a great um, right hook against the words of the great, uh, against the great prostitute. So all these proclamations are punching down on the work of the great prostitute. This is the work of the Lord. This is the faith of the Lord. So we have... We have uh, strike, strike the enemy through, the, through these proclamations during the conference. So this is another spoil of war that we have received. Worries and concerns be gone. Worries and concerns be gone. There, there was a continual chain of miracles that happened throughout the conferences. Uh, so during the beginning of Zoya ministry, we had no worries and concerns because if, even if people got hurt and got sick, it didn't matter because when they come to worship, they will be they will be healed through the fire that is present in the church. But we could see God restoring that ministry within us uh, during these conferences. So, so that's why we need to anticipate for and be excited for the conference in July because God is going to restore our worship. And now it says here, activation of the kingdom of God. And, the, and that is uh, spiritual gifts being, being activated within, within the people. And spiritual gifts are not, is not a special thing. It is just our way of life. Prophecies. People may say, oh, no, 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 no. Prophecies is, is a very, very um, sensitive topic. You shouldn't speak so freely of the things of the Lord. But no, that these are just, the prophecies are just inspirations that God has given to you that is, that is already within you. And you're speaking, when you proclaim those things that God has, has been speaking to you, those become proclamations of faith. And I have a habit of writing down 
just the inspirations that God gives me or the thoughts that come into mind during during conferences. And when I was preparing for the Sunday service, I read all the notes that I wrote during the conference. And I realized that many of these were proclamations of faith. All, and, and, and even the thoughts that I just jotted down all were fulfilled by the Lord because it came from the Lord as well. These were all prophecies. And when you read them in order, realize, you will realize that God has fulfilled all of His prophecies. His, he has fulfilled all of His promises throughout the conference already. And I think many times, even, even, even when God has given us the right inspirations, we kind of doubt His inspirations because, we, need, because we, we have to analyze it through our minds and we have to match it with our reality to see whether or not it is, it is possible in our current situation. But no, we have to stop doing that. We need to allow the Lord to, 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 um, we need to empty ourselves of these thoughts. And we need to let go of the deception of Babylon so that inspirations that God, has, God gives to us will, will, be, will, be, will be spoken through our mouths without any obstruction. No, God has taken away our shame already. And do not worry anymore because God has taken away our concerns and worries as well. Do not speak of things that, that worry you. Do not listen to the voice of the enemy because we are living according to the kingdom of God. So the, the activation of the spiritual gifts of the Lord will become more prominent in, in, in this church. And spiritual gifts are going to become a part of your lives. Every, every, every word that you speak will become proclamations. When you look at other people, you will, you will, you will, see, uh, you will see their spiritual states and, and be able to discern their spirits. before I went, on the, went to the conference. Uh, there was one day when a person came to me in the morning and said, Mrs. Kim, you have to remember that you're a prophet in this conference. And in the afternoon, another person came to me and said, Mrs. Kim, you have to remember that you're a prophet. And another person came during the evening and said the same thing. And I realized that God, this is God speaking to me, reminding me of my identity and my position in, in, in this conference. So this is a proclamation of, of knowing one's being. So yes, your parents are divorced and you, uh, your mother wanted to abort you when you, were, when you were in the womb and your father has abandoned you and your mother has rejected you and nobody has been by your side and you have to live by yourself. But that's, and you have lived a very difficult life and that has made you uh, a hardened woman. But and the enemy tries to, 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 to kill you, but do not be, do not be deceived. The, the enemy cannot destroy you. And the, thing, and, the, and the hooks and the bindings that the enemy has put upon you is, no longer has any power. And so you will be freed fully in this conference. And you have been, already been freed. This is the proclamation that God made to one of the sisters, one, of the, one person that came to the conference.
you are still living, you are alive, even though the enemy has tried to destroy you. The life of the Lord has, has, has made you live and endure through all of these, all of these harshness. can't read the last statement so God is saying if you are not a victor then who else is a victor you have survived all these difficulties you have, you have survived all the bindings of your families but God has take, taken you out of that binding and he has saved you and he has brought you to this church where the glory of the Lord is present present so whether it be diverse spirits or, or the spirit of religion, it cannot kill you. And this is not just another under, underdog story, not not just another unlikely story of a of a of a of a humble being becoming a hero. No, God has brought you out of that equation. God has brought you out of that situation, and He has made you a king. He has made you uh, royalty. At first, during the, the, the early days of this church, Pastor Kim would say to the, the ministers of this church, you need to pay for this training program. And he trained them very hard. He would, he would tell them to fast continuously and pray 12 hours each day. And I, I felt like there were no human rights in the church. But after this harsh and severe training, they have become one of the greatest ministers uh, ever. And most of them also come from difficult spiritual backgrounds. But because they do not regard them as a problem anymore, they can overcome the, the, the influence of the enemy that, that were present in their families. And no matter what they do to you, they cannot take your life ultimately. And that's why you are a victor. And that's why you can trample the enemy. Next, we are made in the image of the Lord. We are his children. The king of kings is your father. Even though we have lived like orphans, we, we, uh, if, uh, you are not to live like orphans. God has written the best scenario uh, for your lives. And we are the, the, the children of the King of Kings that will live out according to the plan that has been written by God. God lives for us and God will help us to live. So do not try to live for yourselves anymore because God is living for you. And He has taken, he has taken care of you up until now. So do not worry that He's not going to take care of you in the future. You do not have to fend for yourself. You do not have to take care of yourselves like this anymore. Just follow along the plans of the Lord because He writes the best plans for you. And God will help you to live according to His plans. So even if you are to go to Egypt, even if you are to go into slavery, it doesn't matter because all you have to do is follow the plans that God has written for your lives. Next. This is uh, spoken on the last day. Do not be afraid of difficulties. Do not be afraid of poverty. Even if the enemy is poking at you, do not be afraid of them because God is going to give you life. God is going to give you wisdom. God is going to make you prosperous. So my beloved young adults, 
follow after me. I'm not saying there won't be problems, but these problems will not become a problem for you. Because when the, pre- when the presence of God is upon you, the enemy has, no longer can take control of you. God has allowed a greater glory to come upon you. He has allowed this glory to come upon you. So your victory is decided. The power of Babylon, uh, do not acknowledge the power of Babylon and the enemy. Their destruction is already decided. Do not acknowledge your defeat because there is no defeat to the children of the Lord. This is our identity. This is who we are. And, uh, and spiritual revolution is just the process of you realizing who, tr- who you truly are. And when you proclaim this by faith, then, then uh, this, this will be uh, embodied within your heart. So do not forget these statements. Do not forget this, uh, this proclamation when you wake up tomorrow. When the, when the congregation was receiving this message, I could see unbelief being chased, being blown away by the fire of God. And, and they know that there's meaning behind the hardships that they are facing because it is just another stepping stone for them to overcome and become more powerful. During the first day, people were distracted and they felt far away and felt distant, felt, felt very distant from the, from the conference. But, but but that's because up until now, God was, God was just another religious being for them. And they were just receiving, um, uh, uh, they were just listening to words that were being proclaimed in their churches. But now the things have, these, these, these attitudes have changed. Why? It's because they have seen the living God. They have seen the glory of the Lord coming upon them. They have, and now they have seen the nakedness and the deceptions of Babylon. And God has transformed everything in this conference. This, and I pray that this proclamation will also be given during the July conference. And this proclamation is, this conference has completely changed my life. So let's let that conference be the conference in July. Anything more? (sighs) When I was looking at Pastor Kim, I was reading from the book of Deuteronomy. It talks about how you need to set up leaders uh, to to be the hand of justice. And I was, I was shocked by that message, message because I have, been, I have been swayed by people a lot uh, in, in, in this church. And even when I have inspiration regarding a person, I would be hesitant to, to say that inspiration to that person because I'm afraid about how, I'm afraid that that person will be upset. But right here in Deuteronomy, the, the, the standard that God, has, that, had, that God has for his leaders is they need to be strong and they need to be bold. They cannot be timid and shy and be swayed by people. And this is a great deception that is in this church as well. We think about the, the emotions of others too much. And luckily, our head pastor doesn't, uh, 
is not swayed by people. And that's why God is working through him so greatly in this season. And during the LA conference, if it was up to me to be the speaker of the people, I would speak words of encouragement and comfort to the people. But no, Pastor Kim went there and boasted of our church, boasted of our church, and he spoke from the book of Ephesians, saying, "This you are not. You need to make your churches to to become a true church of God." And Pastor Kim spoke to the people of LA saying, what is, do you know the limitations of your ministry? Well, did you come here? Well, why is the reason, why, why have you come to this land to, to work here? Were you here to chase the American dream? Were you here to chase and, and, and receive the green, uh, a green card from the US? You're, are you here because even um, because you need to reprimand the, the, the mistakes that were done by your by your parents? So in the end, the reason why you're here is because you have you have deceived you have been deceived into thinking that that God is using you as a tool rather than rather than um, seeing that you are the ultimate goal of the world. And he spoke of many things to the young girls over there. You know, you need to stop focusing on your relationship. You need to dress, you know, um, uh, more clearly with less, with less nudity. This is uh, one of the things that, God, uh, that Pastor Kim spoke during the conference. And we wrote that in a message. This is the heart that God has given to me. God is... God is God is adoring you right now because you are you are innocent, more innocent compared to the to the other people around the world. And even though you guys are not confident that you can live according to the message that is being proclaimed through me, you do not reject the message itself. So that's why God is very pleased with your attitude. And this is, this is basically saying that the people over there were like children before the Lord. They were innocent. They, were, they are un, unexperienced. So we must also all become a child before the Lord. And God and Pastor continues to say that you... You have to welcome the word of the Lord. And when you are able to receive the message of God with, with welcoming hearts, then God will start to work upon you. So in the end, it is not done by you. All you have to do is open your heart and the message will come into you and it will start to work and God will work upon you. It is not done by our own strength or by our efforts. Just receive all the messages with Amen for three hours, for four hours, and God will start to work upon you. And don't complain that worship sessions are becoming longer because the more God speaks to you, the more He's going to work upon you. So just enjoy that time and receive everything that God has prepared for you. And just say, Lord, I cannot do this for myself, so you have to do it through me or for me. 
Next. God has sent many angels. And even though there's the people over there are small in numbers, that does not limit the work of the Lord because he, he, he has sent many angels to help them in this spiritual ministry. And some of the angels that have been sent to this church are dancing angels. And I was curious why the, why the dan- angels need to dance. And they are actually cheerleaders that are cheering the people to receive the message more. And so God is very really pleased. Many angels are dancing with us. And, every th- and through the dance of these angels, the, the pleasures of the world and the pleasures of Babylon are being taken away from the congregation. So all the people, all that the people did was receive a message. But you can see how God has sent his angels to break down the, the illusion of Babylon, the deception of the Babylon. When we receive the message and welcome it, remember when we are uh, enjoying our time with the Lord, God uses that time, God uses that ministry in our in our in our and our faith to work upon the world and work upon us. Mom, God says do not doubt him and and have faith. Even though we don't have time, we have less time than the Panama Conference, God is going to use his ministry as a a butterfly effect to cause a greater storm to come upon the LA Conference and the rest of the world. prophecies that God has given to God gives to us is going to be different from before. Before it, we went into it went in a chronological order. When you speak of A, B, C, it's going to move on to C, D, F. But now, if if you speak of A, God is going to use that to 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 create Z from it. And all this comes from your faith of the Lord. So do not no do not try to limit the Lord with your own limitations anymore. And even when you speak of your, when, even when you try to minister somebody, do not think about their possibilities and their limitations anymore. Just speak exactly what God gives to you, and God will work according to your faith and according to that proclamation to to allow that prophecy to happen upon that person, even though it may be seem it may seem impossible. And how is it possible? Then it is possible because God is leading us Himself. So our Scale has to become greater in our in our prayers and in our ministries. Is that it? No, we still have some left. This is the secret of the early church, and the secret to their their victory, and it is because they they did not rely on their situation or their people, but but fully relied on the faith that God has given to them. Thank you.
So at first when I was looking at the people in Panama, because I went to a lot of conferences, I can tell at an instance how the people, what, what kind of situation the people can come from. And at first I was disappointed because the people do not come with desire. And during the Young Adults Conference it was worse. When the pastors came, pastor ki- pastor's kids came and all the rest of the Young Adults came, they really did not have a good attitude for worship. You know, some of them left halfway through the service, the service. Some of them were on their phones the whole time. Some of them uh, were just standing in the back and, and, and having fun with one another. So I was very upset and disappointed. And I, even, I even regretted inviting all these kids over here. But God said to me when I was in that state saying, what do you believe in? Do you believe in yourself or do you believe in me? And I said, Lord, I, I believe in you. And I know that you will, will over, overturn this conference and, ch- and change these kids. And many times we are filled with these concerns, filled with concerns about our families, about our kids, about our intercession, about our church, about the leaders. But who do you believe in? Do you believe in these people or do you believe in the Lord? And because I've learned, I've learned my lesson in this conference, uh, usually when I prepare for Sunday, when I'm the speaker for the Sunday service, I would ask a lot of people to pray for me because I'm nervous and I'm going to do well during Sunday. But this time I didn't do that because, because I wanted to acknowledge that I believe in God who works through me. Anyways, look at each other in faith and we'll be, we actually we would feel hopelessness because you only see you, you only see the negatives about people and you see their limitations you see, you see the things that they cannot do and that was my attitude during when, when I first saw the pastors of Panama and also the young adults in Panama and it's the same for uh, for the members of this church as well And so, actually, sometimes it is easier for me to pray for a certain person when, I don't, when, I, when I'm not familiar with that person, when I, when, I, when I don't have any data or experience with that person. Because, because when, I, when I'm fully familiar with somebody, I know of their limitations, I know what they're weak in. And so rather than being hopeful in, for them, I would, feel cons- I would actually get concerned and worried about them because I see their limitations very clearly. And this has been blocking my faith. 
and blocking the scale of my prayers for that person. But on the other hand, during this conference, our intercession has transformed that 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 group of people who did not come to, who did not come to this conference with desire. Just in three days, they were turned completely upside down. You saw the video of that, that uh, grandma dancing. She had a stroke, and so half of her body was, was numb. But God healed her, and that's why she, she was able to praise the Lord again. So I think I wrote this down when, when I saw that miracle of the, of, of the healing of the grandma happen. And while looking at uh, my husband healing these people, rather than being hopeful for them, I, can't, I, I was actually concerned that, that, um, that even though God healed them before my eyes, they will not maintain that state of being healed for a long time. What, what happens when we leave? What happens the next day? Are they, are they going to be ill again? But in that time, God, God changed my heart, and so this is the confession that came into. I was crazy. So even though God is the one that is doing all the work, I have not fully believed in it. I have fallen into despair. I've been concerned. I've been worried. No, I, I couldn't do this for myself anyway, so why am I worried about it, even though I'm not the one who is doing this ministry? And as a leader, as a mother, as the wife of the head pastor, I was filled with worries and concerns about why, what tasks I need to be uh, I need to manage in this church. I know that the youth camp is going to be very powerful. Because finally, Bible man is going to return. They're going to they're gonna be um, making, they're making a skit for, for, uh, uh, for this character, a character that we created called Bible Man, which is a, a Bible, which is a Bible superhero, a Christian superhero. But the story goes that even Bible Man himself has lost his identity while working in the world. But he finds himself, he finds his identity, and he's able to regain his superpowers again. When I go to the, these conferences, I have a lot of concerns and worries about, about doing ministry, engaging ministry. And so I prayed again to Lord, Lord, I have been busy. I No, I have not believed in you. I have been more busy than you because of my urgency, because of my limitations, my fear, my experiences, my selfishness, ambitions in religion has clouded my vision and clouded my, 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 uh, my, my thoughts. 
The reason why I was exhausted, the reason why I got worried was because I have gone before you rather than following after you. And I don't understand why I have lost my belief for you. But now, I'm going to trust in you rather than believing in my, my reality. I pray that you will, be, that you will live through me. And, there were, and even though sometimes uh, our, the situation before me may not be easy, I'm going to choose to trust in you and live by faith. And Lord, I love you. Thank you so much for always being patient with us, even though we, we may go off track. And I fully believe that the day we will be, that we will see you face to face is coming to us in the near future. So would you help us to live by faith and to regain the, 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 the secrets of the early church? Now in the season, we are going to become more intimate with the Lord. So now let's, let's pray. Are you asking the ser- if the sermon is over? No, the sermon is not over because we have not, we have not even read the main text yet. But the message today is going to be very short. Let's pray. Let's pray once before going to the message. Lord, we have received uh, this, the, the, the abundant spoil of words that you have prepared. So now we're going to do it. We're going to do everything according to faith and according to grace. Receive everything. Receive everything. Lord, would you work upon us, work within us, make us prosperous, make us abundant with, with these blessings, especially during the July conference. Let all these, these blessings explode. Let's pray. keywords in the presentation, but another spur of war that God has given to us in this conference is material wealth. We're going to be taking back all the material wealth that, that has been taken by the enemy. And now God wants to take, uh, take all the blessings back that has been stolen from us. Now let's look at the message of today, which is Deuteronomy chapter 1. Chapter 1. A lot of time has passed already. So let's just read from verse 29 to 32. Chapter 1, verse 22 to 32. Uh, 29 to 32. Then I said to you, do not be terrified, do not be afraid of them. The Lord your God who is going before you will fight for you as he did for you in Egypt before your very eyes and in the wilderness. There you saw how the Lord your God carried you as the father carries his son all the way you went until you reached this place. In spite of this, you do not trust in the Lord your God. who went ahead of you on your journey journey in the fire by night and in the cloud by day to search out places for you to camp and to show you the way you should go. Amen. This message uh, 
is a message that God has given to me during my plane ride back to Korea. And God showed me this chapter specifically. When you look here, in verse 30, it says, Your God who is going before you, and the for, for, before you and as he fight for you this word is rakem in Hebrew but in verse 33 the word rakem is actually taken out but let's look at verse 22 there is a word that is the opposite of for you, which is for us. Let us send them in ahead to spy out the land for us. The for us here is the opposite of Rakim. So the Israelites sent out spies to, 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 uh, to spy out the land for themselves. They sent these spies out for themselves. They themselves sent out spies for themselves. And after they received the report from the spies, they, they were turned upside down. They, they knew of the richness of the promised land. But they got terrified by the inhabitants of this land, even though God has already promised to give them, give them this land. And they said, how can we fight against these groups of people? How can we chase them out? They are so much bigger, taller, and more powerful than we are. And this is the answer that God has given to them. Do not be terrified. Do not be afraid of them. The Lord your God is going before you, and he will fight for you as he did in Egypt and in the wilderness. Even though the Israelites sent out these spies for themselves, God is saying, no, I will... I will I will fight for you. I will uh, overcome these issues for you. And he also says there, you saw how the Lord your God carried you as a father carries his son all the way until you reached this place. So God is going before you. Do you think this is a lie that God goes before you? That God takes care of you? And God uh, went ahead and joined by and in verse 33, where it says, to search out places for you to camp and to show you t- the way you should go. This, the the word, words used here uh, to illustrate a picture of a God, is, God is himself is actually wandering around in the wilderness, searching for a place for us to stay. He is going on a recon mission for us to, to find a perfect place for us to stay. And all that, all that effort, all that work was done for us by God. Because he has promised that he's going to fight for us. When we become a parent, what is, what is our task? Is to live for our children, is to support our children. 
before we become a parent, we have become a parent. We were the children. We were the offspring, and so our parents took took care of us. And we were raised because of the love and support and the devotion of our parents. But likewise, God is that being now. God is God. His whole being now exists for us. But how come? But why is it that we turn away from Him? Why do we start to live for ourselves then? And the answer to that is is the spirit of religion. Because you have lost sight of the uh, of the, of his love, you have lost sight of his task. So I do not need to explain this deeply anymore. Just look at yourselves. Right now, God is fighting for you. He is living for you. He is supporting you. But are you are you allowing him to do that to you? Can you sense that? Do you believe that God is fighting for you? To be honest here, and our missionary Shin just just confessing, even even if the people of the world do not believe in it, I will. I believe. If you truly believe, then then there's proof of that. And what is that proof? Verse twenty nine. Then I said to you, do not be terrified, do not be afraid of them. I apologize for not being the best leader. But because my mindset is set towards doing what is right. So when I was younger, I'm very, I was terrified of dogs and the cats that are around the neighborhood. But after growing up, I realized that I should not be afraid of them. And so I prayed to God, saying, Lord, would you help me to be bold and to, to not be terrified of these animals? And not just that, I found a, I found a lot of things that, I, that, that, that brought fear into me. That shouldn't have, have that shouldn't have such a big influence on you, because we when we believe in the Lord and when when God believes in us, we shouldn't have we shouldn't be terrified of anything on this earth that is below the Lord. Let's look at chapter thirty-two, Deuteronomy chapter thirty-two. When you look here, verse 10, verse 10 to 12, in a desert land he found him in a, bar- in a barren and howling waste. He shielded him and cared for him. He guarded him as the apple of his, eyes, apple of his eye, like an eagle that stirs up its nest and hovers over its, its young, that spreads its wings to catch them and carries them aloft. The Lord alone led, led him. No foreign god was with him. This is our God. God 
you know, God is spring, God is spreading His wings, employing away all the all the 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 the, the, the enemy away for us. That heavenly being is doing all that work to protect us. So it is insane for us to think that we can we can take care of ourselves. And because we feel urgent, because we, we, we want to do something for ourselves. That's why we always blame God for not giving us something. We think He's too slow for us. And that's why, because God is, God is a deadbeat Father. He is never there for us. He's slow and He never gives us actually the things that we want. And during, when we went to this conference, there was a song like that goes along as the canto. And the, the lyrics, even though it sounded funny, uh, that because it sounded funny, our team over there really enjoyed it. But later on, we asked for the interpretation. And that song, the lyrics, even though it sounds funny, it talks about how if God is there, then I'm there. If God is not there, I'm not there. But there's a similar Korean song. similar Korean song and the lyrics are if you are there then I am there with you and even if my life is not to blossom like a flower I cannot help but like you because you are my dear Lord Jesus Christ. And now I really enjoyed seeing this song. And the lyrics of this song and the, the Tenga Tenga song in Spanish were very similar. But I didn't feel anything while singing that song recently. Many years ago when I was singing the song, I would cry, I would feel His presence. But now, I didn't feel anything while singing the same song. And even though I'm saying amen to this message that He's our protector, that He's there for us, I, I, I I still feel empty. I feel this sadness within me. And I realized that I have been too busy with my my work, my duty, my task in this church. And I tried my best to do what is what was right so that I would not be accused and be judged by the, the members of this church. And every morning I would pray to be equipped with the spiritual armor. And I would pray to God, so would you equip me with your armor, renew me, put me strength? Amen and hallelujah. And I say I will be victorious today. And I was just Ah, 
And, and so every morning I would pray to be equipped with a spiritual armor, and then I would just leave because God has equipped me with a spiritual armor, and I will live my day for myself, for myself, and without the Lord. So now let's close our eyes and actually lift up uh, a true confession to Lord. Lord, do not, you don't have to follow me. Just, just, or you could follow me. But just close your eyes and listen to this prayer. And enjoy his presence. Close your eyes. Lord, we invite you here. Lord, we invite you, the God of of vengeance. We want to be clothed with the, the undergarments of vengeance. And Lord, would you come in the form of the belt of truth as well and, and protect us. We want to be clothed with your righteousness. Will you yourself come into your hearts? We seek the God of the gospel. We want to put on the boots of the, tr- the, the, the gospel of peace, and we want to put on the helmet of salvation as well. And we want to receive the sword of truth. We want to receive your message to come deeply within us. Give us a humble heart and a gentle heart. Not because we want to do something with this heart, but because we want to receive your heart that is humble and your heart that is truthful. Lord, you who have the humble heart has come into us. We also want to receive your heart of contrite as well. And we want to be unified with your gentleness. We also want to be unified with your compassion. Give us a pure heart. Give us your pure heart. Give us peace and harmony. We want to invite you who is the God of peace and harmony. We want to invite you, and we want to be a part of you. When we ask for wisdom, we are asking for you. When we ask for for righteousness, when we ask for holiness, glory, we are asking for you. And we want to be clothed by you. We want to be unified with you. We may become one with you. We, lo- we lose ourselves, but we gain you. And we, when, when we are unified with you, we know that you will live through us. You will live through us. You will live within us. You are the God of wisdom, the God of humble, humbleness. You are the spiritual armor. Will you come and be a part of me, become part of, uh, one with me, and also live through me? I, we will no longer live for ourselves, but we want to be lived through you. And we love you. 
Oh, Lord. Amen. Now open up your eyes. When you lift up this prayer, you will be clothed by God Himself. And now you realize that all the things that you asked from the Lord is based is is asking for Jesus himself. And the the misconception that we had was when we asked for wisdom, when we asked for anointing, we we thought we were asking for a module, just a little part, just a portion of the Lord. But when you realize that, when you ask for wisdom, when you ask for anointing, you're just asking for Jesus himself to come into you. You'll be filled up. Your whole, your whole spirit will be filled with, with love and with gratitude and with thankfulness. So even when you're asking for wisdom, anointing, or even material, material wealth, you're asking for Jesus. You're asking for your Lord himself to come into you. And when you realize this, you realize how you would experience how close and how intimate God is with you. And the God that felt so distant and felt so far away from you now feels very close. And now, even when you're busy, even when you need to do something, you no longer pray that, God, would you, would you give me the things to, to, to overcome this problem? You, you would start, rather than praying like this, you would pray for the Lord to come closely and go before you. So let's go back to the main text. Verse 29 says, God says to them, says, do not be terrified, do not be afraid of them. And the reason why they cannot be afraid is because it's written in chapter 20, because they're going to war. Verse 3. Here, Israel, today you are going into battle against your enemies. Do not be faint-hearted or afraid. Do not panic or be terrified by them. And for your God is the one who goes with you to fight for you against your enemies to give you victory. God also spoke to Joshua saying, Be bold and do not be afraid. And God is saying here, if you truly believe in me, then you will not be terrified. You will not be afraid of your enemies. When I was preparing for this message, I I got a little bit nervous. And many people accused me of not preparing for messages. And the reason why I get nervous is because I'm standing here instead of Pastor Kim. And even though I can never reach the level of Pastor Kim as the head pastor, I need to I need to also match a certain to a certain level of, of, of the, the, the authority and the revelation that he preaches. And I know that we're not supposed to compare ourselves in the church, but I have this burden on my shoulders that I need to, to at least reach a certain level. 
and and people need to receive grace a certain amount of grace through through the, the through the sermon that I am preaching and so I struggled with this burden I struggled with this anxiety and because of of this of because of this nervousness, I received a lot of spiritual attacks. And they're not even attacks, actually. It's just me tormenting myself within my mind. You know, I worried about what if people fall asleep during the sermon? What if people cannot understand or, or receive the, the, the revelations that I'm speaking of? But in the end, these are worthless concerns. I even worried about the intercessory groups that are going, going on during the, during the service. And none of these, these thoughts and concerns are beneficial to me. But I make up these, these, these problems to protect myself, to make plans to, to, uh, so that I can, I can be prepared for these different variables. And when I actually stand up here and I look and I see people who are doing exactly what I was afraid of doing, for example, falling asleep or not responding by amen, I will start to judge them and say, I knew it, I knew this was going to happen. But we need to, we need to let go of that. Before the Panama conference started, we, have so, we, we experienced so many attacks, we, we, we had so many accidents, people getting sick and being, people getting ill. So many things, so many things we were pointing towards not, not holding this conference because, because, we were, uh, because of all the accidents that happened. But what would have happened if we stopped the conference? The reason why this conference was so successful, successful was because we have overcome all of these issues with spiritual warfare. We have re we received victory even before going to the conference. So that's why even in these little things, we shouldn't be afraid. We shouldn't be deceived. The enemy may, is going to try and come and make us afraid. But we shouldn't, we shouldn't be afraid and be terrified by their schemes anymore. Stop anticipating for, for attacks. When you anticipate for these attacks, the enemy is going to use that against you. And God is asking you, who do you believe in? Do you believe in me or do you believe in the enemies or do you believe in yourself? If you believe in me, then all you have to do is be bold. Stand your ground. about the tactics of war warfare. When you march up to attack a city, make its people and offer a peace. If they accept and open their gates, all the people in it shall be subject to forced labor and shall work for you. If, if the... Oh. So now... When, when, when they make an offer to, to the enemy, if they accept that offer, you're not supposed to say, oh, now no, let's be friends, let's just uh, be nice to one another. No, they're going to subject them to forced labor and basically take them into slavery. 
because you have become their masters. Verse 12, if they refuse to make peace and they engage you in battle, lay siege to that city. When the Lord your God delivers it into your hand, put the sword, put the, to the sword all the men in it. So what's this then? So when they reject your offer of peace, you need to take siege of this city. And because they have rejected your peace offering, you need to destroy everything. Uh, destroy every, everything within that city. And uh, many times when somebody refuses, somebody rejects us or something rejects us, we would just say, fine, I, I just won't, I won't have a relationship with you. But no, when, it, they, when there's a refusal, you need to take siege of that, of, of that side. And the people that were living in Canaan were all offsprings of uh, Nephilim. So they were, they were giants, the Anakites. And they were, the people over there were all giants and titans. But the Israelites are on the side of the Lord. And God's tactics for warfare is different. They do not care. He, do, he does not care about the size, the strength, the, the military power of the enemy. So that's why we can be bold when we're sided with the Lord. Even if I'm short, because God is tall, he can, he, He's going to bring victory, victory to me. When you see who, who, how powerful God is and how God is on your side, you will not be terrified even when the enemy towers over you. So the Israelites that came out of Egypt, when they saw uh, the people living, the inhabitants of the Promised Land, they were afraid because of their slave, slave because of their tendency from their life of slavery. But the next generation that wandered around the des- the wilderness for forty years, they experienced the Lord through through those years, and because of those experiences, because they know who God is and how powerful He is, they just went in and took siege of that of that city. says God hardened the hearts of, of their enemies. And why did he do that? It's because they're going to re- reject your offer of peace, which means it's a, it's a sign that God has given them this land. God has given them the sign to take siege of their enemies. So if spiritual attacks are strong, then that means there's something that we need to take siege of. There's something that we need to take. Now let's look at chapter 3. Chapter 3. Oh no, chapter 2. This is a message that God has given to our community. 20, verse 24, 25. Set out now and, and cross the Arnon Gorge. See, I have given into your hands 
Sihon the Amorite, the king of Heshbon and his country, begin to take possession of it and engage him in battle. This very day I will begin to put the, ter- put the terror and fear of you on all the nations under heaven. They will hear reports of you and will tremble and be in anguish because of you. Now, if Israel uh, fought against just a little nation in, in Canaan, then the rest of the nations would not have really bothered with, with Israel. But the first city that they did, took siege was the, was the king of Amorite and the king of Heshbon. So that itself was a great victory that brought fear across the nations of Canaan. In in the season, God has shown me a vision of a train. And and at the head of the train, there was God and the rest of the the, the, the carriage are all conferences that are upcoming. church has to manage all of these upcoming conferences. But during the Pamela conference, the spirit of death was very strong in that land. And there was also a child, a lady that couldn't walk. But as soon as Pastor Kim said, be gone, the spirit of death be gone, she she was able to walk, uh, stand up and walk and even run. And I saw that as a sign for, for our upcoming conferences. And, that, and as soon as that spirit was delivered, was cast away, we have ta- we, 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 I also saw it as a sign that we have taken siege of Panama, that this, long, this land belongs to us. And in the future, whenever we're, whenever we're met with these attacks and met with these spirits, if, if they receive our offer of peace, then they will become our servants. But if not, if they refuse our offer, then we will destroy them and take siege of their land. And that is the promise that God has given to us. All doubt shall be gone. All shame and embarrassment will be gone. All deception, all anxiety and nervousness shall be gone. And take out all the chip, any chip that is that is weakening your faith. And as I'm as I prepared for this message, I kept proclaiming to the Lord, saying, "Lord, I am not afraid. I am not terrified. Because if I don't do that, I I, uh, I kept receiving attacks from the enemy and these voices that caused me to get afraid and be terrified." But that's what I, so that's why I proclaimed to myself and proclaimed to the, the confessed to the Lord saying, I will, I'm going to be bold. I will not be terrified because I believe in you. So this worship was filled with grace because of our faith for the Lord. And God is going to respond to our prayers when we pray by faith. So now let's pray. So Lord, until now we have we have been living a timid and shy life because of these 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 concerns and these worries regarding the judgment of others and and, and, and to our reality. 
But all of that will be blown away when you believe in the Lord. Lord, I, so let's pray. Lord, I trust in you. I believe in you. I'm going to move forward with you. In a, in a battle, in warfare, you, there's no stepping back. You have, you, there's only forward. You have to go forward and fight and, tr- and trample the enemy. And now it's, we are no longer going to be afraid of enemy, but the enemy is going to start to tremble before us. God is going to make our name be known to the lands and, and made, make our name to be known to the enemy as well. So all doubt, all unbelief, all fear is going to be gone in the name of Jesus. And we're going to walk forward with boldness. Why? Because God is going before us. Because God is fighting for us. Why? Because God is our Father. And, and, we, have, and we are serving a living God. And because the living Father is working for us, there's nothing that can stop us in this spiritual battle. Let's pray. by the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ who is the head of the church and through the holy love of the Father and the indwelling, comforting, fulfilling work of the Holy Spirit to the saints who, are, who believe in the works of the faith let it be upon their families, upon their churches upon their business, upon their ministry and upon your own church may this blessing rest from now on till forevermore. Amen.